game day is underway. This is the Wingstop Kickoff Show, presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors. Here are your hosts, Hayes Carline and Mia O'Brien. Jaguars have come to Music City and sung a victory tune. How good is that? Jacksonville 36, Tennessee 22. Never get out of the fight, ever. Third and four, blitz coming. Prescott throws backwards and intercepted. Jenkins has another one. Racing down the sideline. Rayshon Jenkins is going to win it. Never get out of the fight, ever. Well, that's going to wrap this one up. The Jaguars have now won three in a row. Mills to a wide open Jordan Akins. Wrapped up by Wingard at the 25. And that is going to do it. The Jaguars win 31 to 3. It's never over. That's what it is. It's never over. Never get out of the fight, ever. Ever. Always keep fighting. Dobbs is hit from behind. The ball's out. They're calling this a fumble at the moment. And the return by Allen for the touchdown. Good protection underneath. Haskins again doesn't get it. Jaguars take over. Jaguars have won the AFC South. Never get out of the fight, ever. Cook puts it down. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! 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 The Jaguars have won it! The Jaguars have won it! They have come back from 27 nothing to win the game and move on how good is that if producer casey dobson and his edits can't get your juices flowing on a saturday morning i'm not sure what can hi everybody good morning from kansas city missouri live the Wingstop kickoff show brought to you by kohler homes and clearwater irrigation mia o'brien joined as always alongside hayes carlion the shredded and embedded live from the lovely kansas city downtown fairfield union hill in and sweets how we doing Hayes? i'm doing great what a glorious day this has the potential to be and it's been so much fun seeing all the jaguar fans here uh, i want to give a special shout out to susan and tom nielsen they came by to say hello to us uh, khaki and david hager are here to support the jaguars they came by to say hey uh, we're here at the fairfield come see us and uh we uh we can't wait to meet you guys but my gosh from our flights and we were on different flights but you know, I saw you tweet about it, Mia. Uh, it, the my flights I left later, uh, but you know, going through Nashville, uh, it was incredible the amount of Jaguar fans on both flights uh, that I was on. You see it in the hotel today. It's gonna. I think they're expecting maybe two thousand Jaguar fans at the game. At today. least and, and, I would and, think. And that pep rally last night must have been that party must have been spectacular. Fantastic! A shout out to our good friends of the Bold City Brigade for throwing that party at Johnny's Tavern. Uh, actually, got the inside scoop. Some Jaguar fans who live here in Kansas City. That is where they watch Jaguar games. Oh, and so awesome. when it came time for BCB to find a spot for them to throw that party last night, it was an obvious choice. So our thanks again to Johnny's Tavern for hosting all the Jaguar fans. They're also going to be throwing a tailgate that is completely sold out. Hayes, eight hundred and thirty people are signed up for pack. Packages to this tailgate party that's going to be happening outside of Arrowhead Stadium. And so you figure there's going to be another 1,000-plus fans on top of that. I stayed actually at the Fairfield in November, the first time that the Jaguars met the Chiefs here in the 2022-2023 season. I came down for breakfast that morning, November 11th or 12th or whatever, 13th, <laughs> the day that it was. Uh, I, I sit down. 
And there's not only no Jaguar jerseys in sight in the same exact lobby that we sit in right now, Hayes Carlion. There were more Packers jerseys <laughs> than there were Jaguars jerseys. I came down this morning at the same time around 8.15, nothing but Jaguars jerseys here in the lobby and kitchen area. And so uh, our thanks to the Fairfield for hosting us, but also a shout-out to all those Jaguar fans that have made the trip here to Kansas City where the Jacksonville Jaguars will kick off with the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs at 3.30 local time, 4.30 back on the East Coast. The line has moved, Hayes Carlion, this really? morning. Some motion uh, on the betting lines, according to the good folks at my bookie. With the Jaguars now 10-point underdogs. Ten. Uh, yes, against the wow. Super Bowl favorite, Kansas City Chiefs. Well, I mean, it's, uh, you know, that it's it's not, I guess, surprising uh, in the sense that the Chiefs are, are such an elite outfit. They obviously have uh, done a spectacular job this season. They have the, the best player in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes. That's a big number. Um, Ten points is a big number. Uh, you know, I, I, think a, I think maybe what, betters are thinking is how much gas is still in the tank of the Jaguars you know that 27 nothing rally last week to beat the Chargers just everything the emotional toll of everything that they've gone through to surge to win the AFC South crown to win six in a row to stun the Chargers with a historic comeback how much gas is in the tank I think there's a lot of gas left in the tank but I can understand why people would be like the Jaguars are just happy to be here and you know the Chiefs are the Chiefs and this is going to be a game that's you know, going to be a, at least a, you know, at least an 11-point win if, if you're given 10. For what it's worth, a lot of folks picking the other big underdog of the weekend. That, of course, is the New York football Giants, who will face the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. And, Hayes, that line has also shifted this morning from 7.5 to 8. So, perhaps uh, the underdogs maybe not getting as much love. I know our boy Uncle Pete Prisco We got said, Andrew Baselli right here. I didn't How even realize. Doing? My goodness. Good let's throw you. a headset on him. I'm All looking right. over there. I'm like, who is this man looking at me? It's none other than one, the only, young Andrew Boselli. Good morning, Hi, guys. buddy. How are you? How are you? Excited. What are the odds that this happens? I know. I saw you guys. I go, oh, there's some familiar faces. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Uh, when did you get here? Uh, last night. Okay. 30, yeah. Okay, so late at night. So you did not see your father's uh, big, bold prediction at the BCB tailgate party. No, but I'm not surprised. What did he say? <laughs> uh, so he got up on stage, and he announced to the crowd, to the faithful, about probably like 300 people there. He said, who's ready to kick the Chiefs' ass? <laughs> then he said, you better start looking up hotels in Cincinnati or Buffalo because that's where we're going next week. <laughs> so, yeah, some bold words from, from the big bow. I need that energy. Absolutely. Hey, are you at all surprised by the level of Jaguar fans that are here? It seems like it, it must be spectacular to, to be going through the airports and the hotels and, and the businesses, the restaurants, the bars, and, and seeing all this. Yeah, no, it's so much fun. Just the energy and the amount of people has shocked me, honestly. So I flew in from Phoenix, and I was the only one in my flight. But then once I got in the airport – the Jags fans just came out of the works. People getting off flights, coming from every direction, and go Jags, Duval, being yelled everywhere. So we're taking over Kansas City. Absolutely. So what's your plan for today? Are you you're, you're ready to rock? You got your Bold City sweatshirt on, or are you heading there now? So I'm actually going to go meet up with Pops, that, okay. uh, pick up uh, my ticket, and then I'm going to the Bold City uh, tailgate today. So Love That's it. Awesome. Love it. All right, so Andrew, you obviously played offensive line both at Florida Atlantic and then at Florida State. So let's ask you for this uh, scouting report, both the Chiefs, the Jags, how do you see this one playing out today? Uh, so the Jags' run defense has been kind of the strength of our defense, but the problem is the Chiefs could care less if they run the ball. So I think we really need our secondary to step up this week and really kind of overperform. They've been playing well the last few weeks, coming down the stretch, and we're going to need another big one from them because if we really let uh, – Mahomes, Kelsey, and those receivers get going. It's going to be a long night for the Jags. On the flip side, we need the Jags to start fast on offense, and that's kind of been uh, our downfall. 
And so if we can come out starting fast and our defense can keep us in, I think it's going to be a fist fight and we have any chance. After last week, I'm not counting the Jags out of anything. Because you were at last week's oh, game. I was indeed. Walk us through <laughs> emotions in the crowd. We were up in the press box. What's everybody out there in the crowd thinking? It, it was shock. Unbelievable. Like, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it two days and no one has grown. Game. No one has literally grown <laughs> up around this team quite like you. So Absolutely. you would know oh, of anybody. Oh, no. And it's just – there's the excitement and just the energy in the city and everywhere you go. Like the day of that game was one of the most fun that I was talking to my buddies. Like every I went to Home Depot, the gas station, everyone's wearing jack stuff. Everyone said, Are you going to the game? Are you going to the game? The energy that this team has brought to the city is so much fun. And I think it's gonna be sustained over the next few years and I'm so excited for it. What what does it mean for uh for a teammate of Trevor Lawrence's? You're if you're an offensive lineman, uh to see what he was able to do, and not that he did it by himself, but to have that belief that it doesn't matter how bad the first half gets, we always have a chance with 16. How, how tangible is that when you're a teammate of Trevor Lawrence? Oh, it's huge. It, it really gives you that fight and that energy that you can't – you're never out of it, like you said. And so even when – if we don't have the first, like, first drive doesn't go well, the offensive line, the, the offense knows that, hey – Guess what? We can keep going. We can keep fighting. Don't get down. Because I think especially in a big game like this, it's easy to put your table between your legs and go home when you start getting down early. But after last week, you really have that confidence and that faith that, you know what? We're not out of this. So I think that will do well for the Jags this week and going forward in the long run. In your entire football career, Andrew, were you ever down 27-0? I have never been down. I mean, I've been down 27-0. We never came back, though. So <laughs> that's what, so I preface it with this. So apparently um, Doug Peterson played the Jocko video for the Jaguars during the preseason about regardless of the situation, whether you're down, whether you're up, you say good. That's the response. And so apparently after the third interception, Trevor walked to the sideline, and one of the offensive linemen who remains unnamed at this time just looked at him and said, good? And he said, good. So you tell us, as an offensive lineman, what is your job in keeping your quarterback's head straight when things do go awry? I, I think it's – as an offensive lineman, but I think as the whole offense, you guys always got to have your back. you got, you got to keep each other accountable that when things are getting high, like, hey, we got to keep going. Don't, don't let, let off the gas. But when things go bad, you need to have your guys back. And be like, listen, we know the player you are. We know who you are inside. That's not you. Let's keep going. Turn the page. And so I think that's – especially whoever he's closer with on the team, if that's offensive lineman, that's your role and to be a leader. Even if it's not leader on the big shot, speaking to everyone, just between you and the, your guy being a leader in that regard. All right, can we get a score prediction from you, Mr. Young Basali? <sighs> I'm thinking 28-31 Jags. We're going to do 31 points back-to-back -back weeks. Love it. Okay, 31-28. That that's, that's Andrew Basali. Who are we playing in the AFC title game? I think you? it's going to be the Bills. The Bills. I think the Bills are a team of destiny this year. I think that's going to be a tough one. Okay. Yeah, I do as well. I do as well. Well, uh, your father told us to start booking our hotel rooms for Buffalo, so <laughs> we'll in. start doing that now since you're right on the same – you're on the, in the same boat. No, yeah, another Fairfield over yeah. there. Yes, that keep sounds the same great. Hey, listen, if they, I'm sure they'll be willing to host us up in Buffalo. They're good people up there. Yeah, or Cincinnati, or Cincinnati as well. I would love well. to get some wings. Oh. Yeah, wings, uh, maybe not some of that chili. I mean, listen, we'll take what we can get. Yeah, yeah. no, Skyline chili, Buffalo wings. I'll do the wings yeah. all day. I'll Let's do the bills. wings. I'll good do the wings. Well, we'll send you off, Andrew. Thank you so much for stopping by. You go find your dad because – your dad is probably with Frank Frangi, who is our next guest, because he is about to call in right here on the Wingstop Kickoff Show, brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation, live from Kansas City. This is the Wingstop Kickoff Show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL. A singer in a smoky room A smell of wine and cheap perfume no riddle from producer Casey Dobson back at 1010XL headquarters today. But he does tell us, Hayes Carline, he's going to be keeping the good beats going 
Love it. All throughout today's show, we are with you until 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 12.30 Central Time, if you have made your way to Kansas City for the Jaguars and the Chiefs in the second round of the 2022 NFL Playoffs. Mia O'Brien alongside Hayes Carlion. This is the Wingstop Kickoff Show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. The second meeting between the Kansas City Chiefs and your Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chiefs won that first meeting in November 27-17. The Jaguars, of course, coming off of a dramatic 31-30 wild card round victory over the Los Angeles Chargers one week ago today. Trevor Lawrence remains undefeated on Saturdays in his high school, college, and now professional career. Can that streak continue? Let's say hello to the voice of your Jaguars to get that answer, Frank Frangi. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. 10.23 a.m. here local time. And where in the world do we find Frank Frangie on this fine Saturday in Kansas City? We are still at the team hotel, Mia. Hello to you and Hayes. Uh, We are leaving here in about uh, about an hour. We will pull away from this team hotel and head over to the stadium, be there by what essentially will be about the noon our time here. And, uh, look, this is exciting times, man. I'll say this. Um, This is my ninth year doing these games. But I've traveled with Jaguar games on and off for all 28 of these years. We were in Canton for that very first game. We were at that whole trip in 96 when I was at another radio station. We did pre and post on the road from Denver, Buffalo, uh, New England. We've been to all these things, right? Pittsburgh back in 07, then called the game of 17. I don't ever remember seeing this many Jaguar fans on the road. Not ever. Not one time. Now, me, I know you've been here since four, for four or five years. Hey, you've been here for a longer time. Have you guys ever seen as many Jaguars travel as have traveled to this city this time? Frank, I will say this. This lobby just got more Jaguar fans in it. Duval! <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I, I both planes that I was on was packed. Uh, you and, and Mia got to go enjoy the party. I got in too late, unfortunately, for that. But, yeah, t- you know, Mia, again – what did you see at that party, and, and what is the energy that, that, that you've seen from the Well, I saw here? Frank Frangie mingling with the locals, <laughs> uh, as well as Dan Hicken, who is also going to join the Wingstop kickoff show in a little bit of uh, – just a little bit. Um, but, no, Frank, I mean, you tweeted about it. Um, just for you, you know, seeing that relationship hopefully, you know, blossom um, between the team, between Bold City Brigade, what was it like seeing all those fans for you last night? I know for me it was special. I get to hang out with those guys a lot, you know, outside of work as well. Um, but that was certainly a special night. There's no question. Starting with the brigade, those guys rock. I, I, we, uh, Tony, Jeff, and I went over there with a couple others. Um, I, we, I met so many people I didn't know. Uh, I mean, there were there were, had to be 300 people in that place, and it was and it was unbelievable. And we took over the place. And what Cap has done with the brigade, I, I, I mean, I texted him last week. We talked about it. And I got to see him last night. It was amazing. It was truly amazing. And the brigade is awesome. But like Cap says, and he says it better than anybody. This is they're just they're just trying to get people together. The bottom line is Jacksonville Brigade and beyond. It's unbelievable. I talked to, we talked to people that came in from New York last night. They said on their plane, a bunch of Jaguar fans. I talked to someone at this hotel that came in from Nashville, Jaguar fans. They said their plane was full of Jaguar fans. Bucky Brooks came in from California, plane full of Jaguar fans. I didn't know there were Jaguar fans in that many different locales, that many different time zones. They're coming from everywhere, like you guys are talking about there. I'm telling you, and Mia, last night to your question, it was, it was amazing. It was fun. We only had about an hour we could stay because we had a dinner thing we had to do afterwards. 
but we had a blast hanging out with those folks. And I'm just amazed at the way Jacksonville turned out for that. I mean, I was amazed in Kent. We were all in Kent, right? And the way Jacksonville, and they kept right on turning out. Jacksonville's waited a long time for this. So that is a really, really, I'm serious about that, a really, really cool thing. Onto the game itself, Frank, we were just marveling at the fact that the betting line, according to my bookie, has shifted 210 in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you make of that 30,000-foot view of this matchup? Yeah, well, look, it's going to be a hard game for the Jags. I mean, the Chiefs are really good. That I think with the line, with the line 8, 9, 10, whatever it is, I don't think anyone's talking about the Jags or, or disrespecting the Jags. I think the Chiefs are generationally good, Mia. I think... You know, it's hard to say generational now because generational now because because the Patriots set the bar right, and generational means you got to win six Super Bowls or the Cowboys won three and the Steelers won four in the seventies. So generational now means you have to you can't be called that until you've won three or four. But I think the Chiefs are really good. I just think they're really good. They're really good at home. I think Patrick Mahomes by the time he's done will be one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever played the sport. And so I, I think people think the Chiefs are very good. Having said that, I've said this all week, and I'll say it again. This would not shock the world. When the Jags beat the Denver Broncos in 1996, it shocked the world. This will not shock the world. The Jags are going to be in this thing, barring something awful. If they have five turnovers in the first half, again, they're not going to be in this. But barring, barring, hopefully that's out of the system, barring something crazy, the Jags will be in this thing. I think they'll battle. I think it should be a heck of a game. Frank, you, you get to spend time with Doug each week in, in prepping for uh, the game. So now you're talking about, I mean, 19 of those things. Uh, what, what have you learned about Doug that, uh, that, that maybe Jaguar fans, obviously they know he's done a great job, but, but what's it been like from your perspective doing this, uh, you know, for as long as you've done it, interacting with as many coaches as if you had? What, what's Doug Peterson like? What, what makes him so unique? That's a great question, Hayes. I'm glad you asked it. Uh, Here's the one thing, and I told him this, and I told him this this week and last week. Hayes, he's always the same. He's always the same. When he got here, as good a play caller as he is, as good a play, as smart as he is, as smart of an offensive mind as he is, coming up with a T formation last week that they couldn't have possibly prepared for because they've never seen the Jacks do it before. As smart a football guy as he is, he's even a better leader and he's even a better connector. And he's connected with those guys, and that's what I see. And that's what I see when I'm with him every week, uh, the conversations we have about life, how laid back he is. He's the same guy, I'm telling you. Everyone says it sounds like a cliche, but I'm with him every week, one-on-one. And I'm telling you, he's the same guy at 3-7 and seven that he is after six straight wins. He has not changed. And I think that Mike DeRocco wrote a fantastic profile on ESPN.com. I know you guys have both seen that had the play, that's a lot of the players. And if you, the one common theme, Hayes, was that he's the same guy all the time. And win, lose, or draw, never too high, never too low. It's about more than just football. It's about relationships and culture. And, and, and I think all of that has turned into uh, these wins. So that's why I think the Jags have it. I love you asked the question because I think I love talking about it because I really like the guy so much and I'm so impressed by him. And, and I love what he is, and I, and I love what they are and the way they connect with him and respond to him. And that's why I think they're in this game today. The Chiefs are the best team in the football. The, the, the Chiefs are better because they're the best team in the league. I believe that. But I don't know that they're going to beat the Jags because of the way this team has played, continues to play, and connects with their fantastic football.
couple more for Frank Frangie on the Fair and Farrah phone line. Frank, I'm not sure if you're standing or sitting with Tony Baselli right now. I know you will be on a bus very soon. Um, be sure to inform him that his son is coming for his job. He just joined us on the first <laughs> segment of the Wingstop kickoff show brought to you by Kohler Homes at Clearwater Irrigation. And obviously, Frank, Andrew played offensive line at the highest level at Florida State and then at FAU. And so we were kind of getting his perspective on offensive line, how you you know keep morale and keep boosting up your quarterback even in the face of four interceptions like Trevor Lawrence found himself last week. Um, but Andrew brought up a very interesting point with regards to running the ball. This Jaguars team struggled to run the ball against Kansas City in the first meeting. Travis Etienne had just 46 carries on – or excuse me, 11 carries, 46 yards. And so I'm curious, your perspective, how they'll be able to run the ball today, and moreover, if you have an update as far as Luke Fortner and Brandon Scherf's health for, health for us because as we're marveling at how this betting line has shifted – Hayes and I said, we're assuming Luke Fortner is good to go, right? Yeah, I think so. To your, to your first point, I'm glad Andrew was on, and I'm glad he's done Tony's job, because I like him way more than I like Tony, just so you know. <laughs> let's be clear about that. So, the, uh, um, but but to, your, to your point, um, I, the last point, I think everybody's healthy. I, I, have, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone's unhealthy. I don't think the line moving is a reflection of somebody knowing something about an injury that we don't know. I think everybody's good to go. I'd be surprised. I could be wrong when I get to the stadium, but, but I don't think that's the case. I I think everyone's healthy. Yes, they've got to run the ball. And we said this all week long. Hayes, we said it on our program in the afternoon. A 11-play, uh, seven-minute drive in this game is way better than a 70-yard touchdown because you don't want to turn it into a track meet anymore than you have to in this game. And I think everybody knows that. Uh, Mia, to your question about how you run the football, oh, I think it's, I think it's the way they've run all year long. They've, they've, all, they've been a pass-first, run-second team. They've been a team that sets up the run with the pass. That's the way Doug Peterson has coached since he got into football. So I think you're going to see them pass first, but I think inside handoff, I think draw. Mia, I think you'll see runs in, position, in situations where you ordinarily wouldn't. The Jaguars are a second-and-nine passing team. But I wouldn't be surprised to see a second-and-nine run. You know, a lot of teams in the NFL, if they incomplete pass on first down, they come back and run on second down. It becomes kind of predictable. The Jags haven't been that team, but they might be that team today. I think you run in some circumstances where you ordinarily wouldn't. You want to shorten the game a little bit. I still think the winner's in the 30. But, I, but I, you have to run the ball a little. There's no doubt. If the Jags don't run at all today, they're not going to win the game. They're, they're in, and there's no doubt. They're, they I forget which game was it they ran. They had like no yards rushing but won the game. Oh, uh, the Titans Tennessee. game. Tennessee, okay. Yep. Okay. They didn't run at all against Tennessee and still won the game. Uh, last week they turned it over five times and still won the game. That Neither of those are going to happen today, Mia. Neither one of those. If they, if they don't run at all, they're going to lose the game. If they turn it over five times, they're going to lose the game. So the two things that happened the last two weeks can't happen today. I'm not saying they have to be perfect, but they have to be far more efficient this week offensively than they were in some of those areas the last two. Frank, what do you think the plan will be to try and put pressure on Mahomes? Yeah, well, you know, good luck, right? Because good luck because he's he's so good uh, at, at navigating. And the offensive line there has been pretty good. They probably have the best center in the league. I mean, they've they've been real really good. People don't talk about uh, how good Creed Humphrey is. People don't talk about uh, how good uh, Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley have been, but they've been pretty good. I think the big thing is don't let him throw it over the top. So, so pressure is a big part of it, and I think to your, to your specific question, they'll mix what they do. I don't think you blitz him a lot. I think you got to be careful of that. So I think there'll be some stunts in games. I don't think you may see five. I don't think you'll see six or seven coming very often. What you can't let him do is hit you over the top because if he hits one over the top, that crowd's going to lose their mind. That sideline's going to lose their mind. That's what you want to keep from happening. Just like I said, if you're the Jags, you want long, slow drives. 
Well, on defense, you want the Chiefs, if you're not getting them off the field, to have long, slow drives, not balls over the top. The Chiefs would love to turn this into a track meet, and you know that. They would love to have the fireworks going off and lots of long plays and lots of plays. Did you realize Travis Kelsey has 19 receptions of 20-plus yards for a tight end? He's got 19 catches of 20 yards or more, which is which is unheard of for a tight end. Now, Marcus Valdez-Scantling has 13 of those plays, which good receivers have that. Can you ever remember a tight end, Gronk, anybody? That that's has crazy. 20 plays of, it's crazy, of 20-plus yeah. yards. So that's what you have to be careful of. Don't let them limit the big plays as best you can here. Yeah, they were marveling on um, Sunday or Saturday, I should say, NFL Countdown on ESPN this morning about how Patrick Mahomes, the presumptuous MVP, actually has better numbers this year than he did last year when he had Tyreek Hill to go alongside Travis Kelsey. Frank, before we let you go, uh, you know, you've done pretty well in this X-Factor category over the last few weeks. So I'm curious, who is your X-Factor for the Jaguars on this fine Saturday? Evan Ingram. I think that's the one guy. I think where, where this game is turning out, the way this thing is played out, Mia, I think it's going to be a game played in the middle of the field. Now, look, they're good. at the, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, the two linebackers, can really run. But I don't love their secondary. And I think you're going to see the Jags take some shots early to soften it up. But Evan Ingram is on a roll. Evan Ingram is playing as good a football as he's played in his life. That includes the Giants. That includes Ole Miss. That includes wherever the heck he went to high school. He's playing the best football of his life. And I, and I get the impression that even though all four guys scored a touchdown last week, which is really cool, by the way, you realize that, that, that he had all of them. He had Zay Jones, Kirk, Marvin, and, and Evan. But I think Evan's the guy that's found a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of a rhythm here. I think six or seven catches for Evan Ingram. I think if they win the game, he could be close to or over 100 yards. I think he could get in the end zone. If there's one guy, now Christian Kirk's going to have a big role today, too. But if you ask me to play, pick one guy, I would say Evan Ingram's the guy there as an X Factor. But I can't wait to watch this thing. I really can't. I think Jaguar fans are excited. You guys are here, so you know you're in Kansas City. Um, you know all the forecasters for some snow today, which wouldn't bother me, by the way. Everyone thinks that the weather will affect the Chiefs or help the Chiefs because they're used to it. I think anything that slows the game down a little bit helps the Jaguars. So I wouldn't mind cold and a little bit of weather, and uh, we'll see what winds up happening. But I can't wait to get started. It's going to be a blast here in Kansas City. All right, Frank, thanks as always for joining us on the Wingstop Kickoff Show. And, of course, best of luck to both you, Tony Baselli, Jeff Lagerman, Bucky Brooks on the call coming up a little bit later right here on 1010XL. I appreciate it, and I'll see you guys in the press box shortly. Thank you. See you there, Frank. And before we hit our break and we say hello to our good friends from Brackish for our long-awaited remote Duval donkey creation, uh, I do want to hit a little bit of breaking news, Hayes. Uh, two updates. Um, okay. The first being, this one's kind of sad. Oh, no. Trevor Etienne missed his flight to Kansas City, the younger brother oh. of Travis Etienne. So that that one that one oh, that one hurts, well, especially I'm, knowing he wasn't able to come to a lot of games because he was playing for the Florida Gators. I, I'm sure the Gators can figure that out. They, nothing goes wrong over there anymore. <laughs> they gotta have a private jet somewhere sure. for the kid. Come Mia, on now, they got all those assistants. Mia, we're really gonna need that drink here in a second because all of us in the studio thought you were talking about Travis Etienne. <laughs> so we about <laughs> fell out. Uh, Matt and Chad, I'm having to uh, you know help them up. <laughs> off the floor okay <laughs> it's all it's all good boys we're gonna have a duval donkey here in just a second and then the other bit of news um around the national football league the new york football giants of course in philadelphia to face the eagles tonight their team hotel has no water per sources this is according to jordan renan uh the espn nfl nation reporter for the giants busted pipe no showers they are working on fixing it wow. uh good thing they're the night game because 
Big yikes out there in the city of brotherly love. No big yikes, though, here. All positive vibes on the Wingstop Kickoff Show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. We cannot thank our good friends at Brackish enough. They have shipped us all the materials to make a Duval donkey. That is coming up next right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Getting game day underway. The Wingstop Kickoff Show presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL. In case you're just joining us on 1010XL 92.5 FM, this might be the most loaded up Wingstop kickoff show brought to you by Color Homes and Clearwater Irrigation we've ever had. We've had a surprise appearance by one Andrew Baselli, the eldest son of one Tony Baselli. We've had Frank Frangi. We've still got a whole list of guests still to come. But now it's time for our favorite segment. It's time to make a certain drink. A certain drink, Hayes Carlion that is undefeated when we make it on the Wingstop kickoff show. It, it really has become a tradition unlike any other. And uh, we are proud to carry it forward here in Kansas City, trying to get to seven and oh. Seven? Is that right? Seven. Seven and oh. And we've got a uh, special guest back in studio, right? Yeah, if you're hearing all that noise in the background, um, that is by design. Hey, what's going on, boys? Uh, we've got Matt from Brackish. We've got our boy Chad from Growler's Bar and Grill. What's you usually up? see him with us when we're live at Tailgaters Parking. But Matt and Chad not only are back in studio while we are in Kansas City, they shipped us, and you can go check out our 1010XL channels to see this, they shipped us a box with everything we need to make a Duval donkey. Duval and so donkey. Hayes Carlion yes. is set up. He's going to be walked through the process. We'll make a Duval donkey while Chad and Matt – Walk us through it. Well, usually you guys are doing the pouring. That's right. Now we have Carlion doing the pouring. We're going to oh, pour so. here, too, so don't you worry. Oh, yeah, I've been, we're uh, pouring it out for everybody. Good, good. I've been well-trained, and so I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm excited about it. So here we go. All right. And so I will take you guys. Yeah, you guys give me the instructions, and we will uh, go from here. All right, perfect. So you go and grab your brackish vodka with your right hands because we're superstitious. Got it. <laughs> and we're going to pour a two-ounce pour. So you're going to go... Two ounces of brackish mm -hmm. vodka. Perfect. Got there it. we go. Two big ounces like we always do. And then you're going to get your lime, which I hope you guys found a. Uh, a we got um, lime. You, you guys go. thought so you of everything. Perfect. We've got the lime. Shout out to the Fairfield that did give us the knife yes. to cut the lime. Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so we're going to put the lime in the drink right here. A little. Normally it would be about a half an ounce of lime. That's about right. That's about Perfect. right. Perfect. And then we're going to put some ginger beer in there. We're going to fill it to the top. Oh. How are you doing out there, Hayes? You got it? We are. Pretty sure Hayes poured four ounces. Perfect. Yeah. Are you getting yeah. them? <laughs> he may or may not have poured the some during the commercial was break. Four and a half. And then we're going to put a lime in the top of it. Got it. A little extra lime. Mia, there you go. I'm planning All on right. drinking this one pretty fast, so I'm not going to put the lime on top of mine, but. Hayes, we're going to join yeah, you in cheers and over here. We're going to drink some. Juice. All right, I love Jag this. Win, baby. To the Jaguars. Yes. We're filming here in Kansas City. You guys are filming there, so I can't wait to pair these videos together. Absolutely epic. Duval Donkey across the country. And I'll give a shout-out to oh, yeah. uh, Summer. She's doing our tasting today at Total Wine. She's going to be pouring Brackish tasters and Duval Donkey tasters. She'll Ooh, be there now it. until 3.30. And just want to let you guys know, a Duval Donkey is not a Duval Donkey without brackish vodka. Oh, yeah. You can get oh, it yeah. at Total Wine, Shores Liquor, Golden Ox, Southside Liquors, 
But especially today, go to Total Wine, check out the beautiful and talented Summer. She'll be there till 3.30, giving out Duval donkey samples. Love it, Matt. Love it. Love it. Chad, uh, we can't thank you guys enough for, of course, hosting us for all of our home Jaguar playoff games for the Wingstop oh, kickoff yeah. show. Oh, yeah. it's been a for you, any updates as far as, uh, you know, our, our good friends down at Tailgaters Parking? What is the uh, the feeling, the vibe in terms of you guys as far as today's game goes? We're super excited. We're ready to go for this game. Um, we feel like it's going to be – we feel like we're going to pull off an upset or, or pull off a win. I shouldn't say an upset. Definitely going to pull off a win, and I'm, I'm going to pull off a good prediction today. My daughter came in and said, Dad, don't change anything. Little Maddie told me, said – Make sure you wear the same shoes, same outfit, same everything. We got to keep the win going. So I'm going to say the Jaguars are going to win by a field goal again, like 34-31. All right. I'm down for that. This feels, doesn't this feel different to you guys in 2017? It does. It does. Because I tell you, I've, I've, you know, just being around, my, uh, around the house today, people were walking. Everybody's got Jaguar sweatshirts on, T-shirts on, going to the – Store, you're not, you know, everybody's got everything on now. So it's like, it seems like the city has come alive with Jaguars. It's awesome. All right. Now, re remind us again, Matt, where can people find Brackish Vodka? What is Brackish Vodka? Because I know my mom follows us on uh, Instagram and Facebook and all the good stuff on the channels. And for so long, she's like, what is this Brackish you guys keep talking about? So it's an amazing uh, semi-new vodka to Duval County. It's made in the 904 area code, Jacksonville. It is locally owned, locally produced, and veteran-owned. It is the first uh, mineral-filtered vodka, clean craft vodka, and you can find it all over Jacksonville in over 150 bars and restaurants. And again, if you want to go out and buy it today, make the Duval donkey so the Jaguars win. You go to Total Wine and see Summer, Golden Ox, Shores Liquor, Southside Liquors, and lots of other places all around town. Love including, it. And, of course, oh, go ahead. Yep, <laughs> no, go absolutely. Ahead. Yes, at Growlers as well. well and, of, of course, course, you can f we can find you guys on Instagram. That is correct. Facebook Instagram, too? Facebook, too. All right. Uh, on at the Instagram, Brackish it's USA. Brackish USA. Correct. Love it. Love it. Perfect. Absolutely. So go check them out. I know they put a video demonstration of how to make a Duval donkey. We put together the recipe in case you were interested in making one. Go out. Go find yourself from some Brackish. Don't make it with any other type of vodka. Make sure you make it oh, with yeah. Brackish. Oh, yeah. That's what makes a Duval donkey now. special. Yes. Yeah. Bring Fellas, home we can't. We can't thank you guys enough. This has been so much fun. Thank you for taking the time to ship this to us. And uh, you guys now know the drill, so we'll expect to find this either in Buffalo or Cincinnati next oh, yeah. weekend 100%. for the kickoff show for the AFC Championship game. Love it. Love it. Awesome. We may have to ship the, uh, the banner, the Duval Donkey Street continues Ooh, right. up oh, to yeah, Buffalo. Right. That's for sure. Yeah, whatever you need, <laughs> we'll ship it. Yeah, well, we I love it. We'll be there for that one. <laughs> uh, th that, and then that we're going awesome. to bring it to Arizona. That's, that's the goal. Yes. That's the goal. Oh, yes. Matt and Chad, thanks as always for joining us here on the Wingstop Kickoff Show brought to you by Kohler Homes Clearwater Irrigation. I look forward to your video of you guys making it back at 1010XL World Headquarters. And thanks so much for coming in studio for a nice little fun segment. Oh, Thank yeah. you. All right, boys, there they go. Again, our thanks to Matt from Brackish, Chad from Growler's Bar and Grill. That is at Tailgaters Parking. Whew, let's catch our breath here. Yes. Hayes Carlion. Let's so, do it. Let's reset. Reset. Let's reset. We got four minutes. Let's yeah. reset before our next break because then we are going to say hello to the one, the only, Ryan O'Halloran. Buckle up. National NFL yeah. reporter. Oh, yeah. Uh, Buffalo columnist as well, but a right. national well, NFL reporter. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's, he's covered the now commanders. He's covered the Jaguars for many years. That's where we all got to know him. And uh, then he covered the Broncos. And, yeah, now he's covering the Bills. So uh, he's got a big game tomorrow. Uh, and we'll ask him a little bit about that. But he's also seen the Chiefs. 
uh, from covering Denver, saw him twice a year. Obviously, the, the Bills won in Arrowhead this year. They're the only team to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead this year. We'll get his perspective on you know what Buffalo was able to do in that game to take down Kansas City, anything the Jaguars can emulate off of that, and just you know seeing the Chiefs five times over the last three years what stands out. So it should be a lot of fun. So we got Ryan O'Halloran coming up next. That is going to be us going behind enemy lines. We're going to double dip on behind enemy lines. We're also going to say hello to Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star later in the 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time hour, the 11 o'clock Central Standard Time. We appreciate if you're driving around here in Kansas City or listening on the app. We appreciate you guys tuning on in to the Wingstop kickoff show. Your Jacksonville Jaguars and the Chiefs kick off at 3.30 local time. You can catch the game right here on 10.10 a.m. 92.5 F. FM. It will be broadcast on television on NBC. The Jaguars fell 27-17 to these same Chiefs in November, but as we all know, this is a completely different Jaguars team. They have won seven of the eight games they have played since, and that, of course, includes a six-game win streak that they are currently riding after defeating the Los Angeles Chargers as underdogs one week ago, 31-30. Hayes Carline. Yeah, it's uh, – I, I, I mean, and again, you almost it, – it's hard to believe that they've made it to this point. I mean, it just – I mean, we're, we're two months removed from basically talking about is this team going to have a top five pick. The emergence of Trevor Lawrence, how he has just elevated his play to an extraordinary, extraordinary level, the, the belief that the team has in each other, in Doug Peterson. There's never any finger pointing. It's oh, – when, when things aren't going well, it's 53 men that are basically saying, what, what can I do? It's no one else's fault. What can I do to get us back in this game? And it, it is – it's cliche, but it's not if it actually is the DNA of the team, and that's what this is. They have something really special. Uh, they have exceeded the, probably the, the talent level that they have, the experience that they have. They've been able to overcome so much. Today is their biggest challenge, though, in the Kansas City Chiefs. And, uh, look, I mean, we'll talk about this. I can't wait to you know, talk with Dan Hick, and he's obviously covered it since the, the team's inception. But this feels like you can make a strong argument. If they win today, it's the greatest win in franchise history. I know they beat Denver, you know, it, it, right out, out of the gate. You know, but and that was as, what, 18-point underdogs? Yeah. Again, 10-point underdogs here today. Correct. But, but we hadn't gone through with pain. It was, everything was new. There was no scar tissue. I, I think with everything the franchise has gone through, having the number one pick the last two years, winning four combined games, if you somehow win in Arrowhead today to go to the AFC title game, I, I, think it'll, I think it'll certainly, from a euphoria standpoint, it'll eclipse anything we've ever experienced. We're going to say hello to Ryan O'Halloran, but first I think Hayes is going to say hello to some of the Jaguar fans yeah. that we have here at uh, our How lovely host. Duval, give me it. There we go. The Fairfield in <laughs> downtown Kansas City, Union Hill. Uh, our appreciation to them for hosting us and, of course, all the Jaguar fans that are here in KC. We'll say hello to Ryan O'Halloran coming up next on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Starting your game day, the Wingstop Kickoff Show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL.
as if you needed any more affirmation that the Jaguars are going to pull the upset of the weekend. We got God in our squad. Love it. I love this. Uh, Casey Dobson, do you actually have what choir, what singing group this was that performed this Duval chorus of sorts? I do not. I will research and get you that answer. Yes, I know the Jaguars reshared it on their social channel, so hopefully we can find out who they are. I want to make sure we give them proper shout-outs because they're awesome. They're absolutely awesome. Uh, speaking of people that are awesome, let's say hello to our good friend Ryan O'Halloran. Now let's go behind enemy lines. Behind enemy lines. Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors on 1010XL. Well, I hope you remembered your luggage. Oh, wait, you're not coming all the way here to Kansas City. Ryan O'Halloran will be in Buffalo tomorrow covering the Bengals and the Bills. But, however, uh, he has covered the Kansas City Chiefs a time or two during his years covering the Jacksonville Jaguars, the now Washington Commanders, the Denver Broncos, and now the Buffalo Bills. He joins us on the Fair and Farrah phone line. Ryan, happy Saturday. How are we? Mia, I am officially pissed at you right now because you stole my thunder. I've been rehearsing a line for the last no. 12 hours. Well, I, I still I still want to hear the line. So okay. at some point, I'm expecting it to be worked well, in to the segment. Just, You've got 10 minutes. Let's just get it out of the way right now. You know, uh, expecting Patrick Mahomes to be shut down today is like expecting a Jacksonville media member to forget his carry-on luggage in the terminal. <laughs> And then have to go racing off the plane last night like OJ Simpson in the Hurts commercial to go fetch it. I must find my bag. Well done. Well that done. was worth it. That yes. was, see, you were so worried we stole your yes. thunder. You knew we weren't. Um, Ryan, obviously excited to get your perspective on today's matchup from both a national but also covering another AFC team and having covered another AFC team that faces the Chiefs twice a year. Um, for you, big picture, Jaguars, Chiefs, what are you looking for? Well, I think the Jaguars, their chance is turnovers. And Kansas City was minus three during the regular season. And they still won home field in the AFC. And they're minus one against Buffalo in week six. That was the difference in the game. They had one early in the red zone. They had one late to end of their hopes. So, you know, one thing I looked at during the week was the Jaguars playoff game in 17 at Pittsburgh where they were a significant underdog. Pittsburgh had a bye that week. And how did the Jags go up 28-7? It was, tur- it was turnovers, including a uh, defensive touchdown in that first half that put them up 28-7. That's where that's that's how you win in Kansas City. That's how you win in the playoffs as an underdog is you, you make those plays that aren't expected. And then the other thing I would add is I'm expecting some quirky stuff because this is Doug Peterson versus Andy Reid. They are going to bust out some unique stuff. They're going to bust out some, some gimmick plays. Just to, and I think Doug will especially just to steal a possession or you know take a shot to get a chunk play and put the Kansas State Chiefs on their heels. Ryan, one thing that surprised me from looking at the uh, the Buffalo game, the the win in Arrowhead in Week Six, is they really stuck with the run. They ran it 31 times. Singletary had 17 carries, and it feels like. Uh, Singletary isn't a guy they try to get the ball that often on the ground. Uh, how important will it be for the Jaguars, in your opinion, to stick with ETN and, and really the ground game and maybe even getting some supplemental yards from Trevor running the ball? Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be big because I'm just looking at that game, Hayes. You know, that, the Bills' run game to that point had done nothing. Uh, but they averaged four yards a carry. Singletary had 17 carries. Josh Allen had 12 carries. That's where Trevor Lawrence comes in. Um, 
and, and, and Allen had the, you know, the famous play in the fourth quarter where he, you know, he jumped over the uh, Chiefs defender. But, you know, in that game in week six, um, the Bills ran 72 plays and the Chiefs ran 61. Playing keep away, limits, you know, you sort of limit the Mahomes damage. That, that does help as well. And I think, you know, if you're, if you're the Jaguars' defense is, you know, what's your strategy? If you blitz Mahomes, you got to have a spy on him. I think you cannot play man-to-man in that situation when you're sending pressure because he'll just scramble for a couple yards or extend the play. But then also is what do you do with Kelsey? Is they're going to try and get him on the rookie linebackers, which is what they should do. But they're also going to try and get Jerick McKinnon on the rookie linebackers, which is what they should do. So I would play more zone than anything just to try and limit the big plays. Um, and then got to tackle well. Ryan and joining us on the fair and fair phone line as we go behind enemy lines for the first time on this Wingstop kickoff show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. Ryan, you mentioned Travis Kelsey. Last time out when the Jaguars faced the Chiefs, they attempted to have Foye Aluakin man Mark Kelsey to no avail. Devin Lloyd struggled, struggled in coverage that day. How would you defend Kelsey here on Saturday? Yeah, and you know when when the when the Broncos uh, played the Chiefs, they never beat them when I was there. But what they did do, and Hayes knows I'm very fond of Vic Fangio as a defensive mind. He played dime, and he put Bryce Callahan, he put an extra safety, he put he put that kind of athlete on Travis Kelsey. It means you got to rally the football to get the big fella down. But I think that kind of athleticism is required to play a guy like Kelsey because he will line up all over. He will start the play as a pass protector and then disengage and then you know run down the seam. So that's the route I would go is put a smaller man but a more athletic guy on a weapon like Kelsey. Ryan, before we uh, uh, continue with you, I want to give a, a special shout-out to some, some Jaguar fans that are here. Mark Dunn, Ian Bissett, Chris German, Kelly Pecan, a 16-hour drive to get here today, and they are here at the Fairfield getting ready to head over to the big Jaguar tailgate. Um, as, we, uh, as we continue here, no one talks about the Chiefs' defense, but they've got some special players over there. What stands out to you about what Kansas City can do defensively? Well, Chris Jones is just a terrific player. And, you know, he had 15 and a half sacks for an interior lineman. That's like if Josh Allen – for the Jaguars, had like 23 sacks as an edge defender. That's probably the equivalent. So the Jaguars are going to have their hands full. I mean, to me, this if you're the Jaguars' offense, this is a, this is an edge running game. I, I wouldn't even really mess with running between the tackles because he can just clog everything up. So and then they they just tend, you know, if, if Steve Spagnola, his mo is he's going to send pressure, got to take advantage, got to block it up. And they, uh, you know, they have only 11 interceptions this year, so. I think there's an opportunity there if you protect Lawrence to get some of those plays down the field. And I mean, obviously you can't have sleepwalk to the first half, but it's uh, you know there is going to be opportunities there to, to move the ball on the Chiefs as long as you let, don't let Jones just completely wreck the game. Yeah, Ryan, we talked so much about Chris Jones. Uh, Frank Clark is going to play in this game. He was suspended and did not play in the first meeting between these two sides. And, of course, George Karloftis, the first-round rookie, has really emerged through the stretch run of the season for Kansas City. I'm curious your thoughts on anybody else on that defensive line that could present a threat to the Jaguars. No, and I'll I'll pick up on Clark there a little bit because he's almost like – he always, like, waits for his chance. He'll, like, you know, all right, I'll rush the passer. And then he'll, then he'll on third down, he'll really crank it up and use that bend. So, 
you know, for, for the, the Jaguars offensive tackle is a big test. And, you know, one thing, I, if I'm Doug Peterson, one thing from the start today is let's say on third down, Evan Ingram is your first option on a, on a route. I'd still have him chip, chip Frank Clark. Just, or even just run the route to get in his way. Make Clark go wider, take a wider path to Lawrence so only Trevor can take maybe one step up and then throw the pass. So it's, I mean, the, the, the stats are skewed for Kansas City because they've had so many leads. I mean, they've been outscored in the fourth quarter, but it doesn't matter. They have a big lead. So, But I do think, uh, you know, they have key takeaways at key times. So that, that's another thing we talked about, the turnovers as well. So, Ryan, give us how you feel like this game will play out and then uh, give us a sense of what to expect in the game you'll be covering tomorrow, uh, Cincinnati at Buffalo. Yeah, in this Jaguars-Chiefs game, if Mia, you said earlier that the spread is now at 10 points. Um, I think that's too big. Um, if I'm, you know, what, what I'm hoping for from a Jake standpoint is yeah, just compete and make it a fourth quarter game. See if you can get to that point. And the Chiefs will maybe feel nervous. Say, oh, man, we're the top seed. Now this upstart team has got us on the ropes. Maybe they'll start playing tight. I do think the Chiefs will win um, a, you know, a six or seven point game. Now tomorrow, Chiefs, or excuse me, uh, Bills, Bengals, I think it's game of the weekend. I mean, these are two nuclear weapon quarterbacks, Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Both teams scuffled last week, sort of. Should, should have put their opponents away earlier than they eventually did. You know, Cincinnati needed on the last play. I think both these teams are going to play better this week, um, and I'm going to pick the Bills uh, 27-23 because Cincinnati is going to have three new offensive linemen, and they're playing in crowd noise, and I think that's going to be a factor. The Bills are going to be able to pressure, and it'll be Chiefs and Bills in Atlanta next Sunday night. But you do like the Jags covering that 10-point spread, Ryan. I do, I do. Um, I just think uh, you know, the only thing that would really surprise me today is if the, if the Chiefs handled them. Um, I, I, just, I, I, just, I just don't see that happening. I think the Jaguars have the momentum. I think they, you know, they've, they've understood you cannot let this team, the Chiefs aren't going to Chiefs like the Chargers are Chargers. So you, know, you have to play sound from, from the first quarter on and see if you can get a stop, get a score, and maybe get a lead, and you know, and, and then you can stick to what you want to do on offense. The Chiefs aren't going to chief like the Chargers. Charger, print the Perfect. shirts. Love that yeah. one, or, Ryan O'Halloran. Or, 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 or as Hayes likes to say, like UFUFs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Ryan. Uh, if that if your prediction comes true and you're going to Atlanta next weekend for the AFC title game, uh, make sure to hold on to your luggage, okay? <laughs> why, why are you always picking on? Ryan O'Halloran, columnist for the Buffalo News, formerly of the Florida Times Union with that other columnist. Ryan, we appreciate you as always, brother. Enjoy the atmosphere today, guys, because all those fans are coming up from Jacksonville. It is one of the great atmospheres in all sports. So take care, guys. Absolutely. We're looking forward to it, Ryan, and we appreciate you stopping by the Wingstop Kickoff Show. Brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. That is behind enemy lines. We're going to dive into our keys to the game next, Hayes Carly. And I do believe we are expecting uh, maybe Casey Dobson back at 1010XL headquarters. Uh, maybe we should have prepared a Hicken arrival. Oh, yeah. A Hicken uh, yeah, arrival. Oh, oh, we may have a Hicken arrival. I'm going to have to double check and make sure he is, in fact, on his way to the Fairfield in downtown Union Hill. Gave him the address. 
Gave good old Marcel Robinson of Action Sports Jacks the address. So there's a couple of them making their way here. We're going to say hello to Dan. We're going to dive I into think, the keys uh, the of the game. I think the limousine just pulled oh, up. Oh, perfect. Look yeah. at that timing. Can't wait. We'll say Man, hi to Dan. We'll hit our entourage she's got with him. <laughs> we'll hit our keys to the game. Is that Mick Jagger? <laughs> and a whole lot more coming up next on 1010XL, 92.5, the home of the Jaguars. The Wingstop Kickoff Show, presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL. They keep praying on my fall, y'all better believe. I'ma die on top, better believe. I just watch my I'm scrolling Twitter timeline. Hey, it's And I'm seeing quite a few Jags fans who made the trip by a car. And I'm also looking out here in the lobby at the Fairfield Inn in downtown Kansas City. And I'm also seeing some Jaguar fans that drove the 16-plus hours to make it here to Kansas City. We love it. You know, Mark and, and Ian uh, and Chris and Kelly have a great idea today, and I love it. They want at 9.04 at every quarter, they want to scream Duval as loud as they can in Arrowhead. So hopefully – Jaguar fans will embrace that message. Now, I will say my only amendment to that is if we have the ball, then maybe wait until – but if the certainly if the Chiefs have it or if, if, if we get to a break or something like that, let it out at 9.04 every quarter. I think that's a great idea. And it's just it's, – it's the, the enthusiasm and the excitement is uh, – it's at an all-time level. I can't wait to see. We're, we're now just a matter of a few hours away. We are awaiting the arrival of one Daniel Hicken, who will be joining us here on the Wingstop Kickoff Show, brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation, live from Kansas City. Want to hit a few off the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, especially since several of the folks on there uh, gave us the assist, by the way, of who the choir is that performs the Duval Alleluia chant. That is the Riverside Presbyterian Church. Uh, you can check out that video on the Jaguars channels. It's been all over social media, so go check that out. Our boy Bush Drive Rich, though, these are his three kick keys to victory, which is a perfect segue to our keys to the game coming up in just a second here. He says, number one, Dougie Fresh goes for fourth down, even if we're in Chiefs territory. Agnew is included in 50% of the offense. The defense stays opportunistic and keeps the yak down to five yards a catch. That is Quite a lofty task, a tall task for the Jaguars. Uh, let's hit some of our keys to the game. Now, the keys to the game. Brought to you by Instant Keys. Fast, professional, honest locksmith service. It's a tall task, and I don't think the Jaguars are going to be able to keep it to quite five yards after the catch. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to quite do that, but I will tell you this. I do think the tandem of Darius Williams and Tyson Campbell on the outside have been absolutely spectacular since Darius moved back to his natural position. Tyson was targeted once last week, excuse me, like he, excuse me, he allowed one catch for three yards. I believe he was targeted five or six times. Um, he is establishing himself as a top 10 corner in the National Football League, which is just stupendous when you consider Trevor Lawrence, number one overall in last year's draft, Travis Etienne, and then Tyson Campbell as well. And so the growth of Tyson Campbell is huge. And I think having Darius Williams opposite him has been tremendous since moving to the outside. He is the highest rated outside corner, according to Pro Football Focus, in nearly every statistic. And so I think it's going to be really critical to have those two although I don't think either of them will be matching up with Travis Kelsey, who obviously has to be priority number one, Hayes. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and Kelsey is – you have to understand that he's, he's going to have his moments, but you just can't allow him to dominate the game. I think Devin Lloyd uh, and Chad Muma, it is gigantic games for them. They have come so far, particularly Devin Lloyd, 
I think, since the first meeting. You know, that was right when Devin was sort of hitting the, the rookie wall, was kind of getting lost there. And uh, he's really been able to collect himself to his credit and start to show the kind of talent and, and, and be able to process quickly enough to really be an impactful player. If, if Devin Lloyd can shine today, that's great news for the Jaguars uh, because I think that's going to be the, the pivot point for Andy Reid. I think that's going to be the player that he specifically targets with Kelsey and McKinnon and all the weapons that the Chiefs have. I think if Devin Lloyd plays poorly, the Chiefs are scoring 38 today. If Devin Lloyd plays great, they've got a chance to keep it to a more reasonable 28 to 31 uh, range. So I think a, a, a big key today in terms of Travis Kelsey and uh, McKinnon, who's been fantastic, is the play of Devin Lloyd. Speaking of the Jaguars' defense, uh, quietly three sacks, or maybe not so quietly, three sacks of Justin Herbert a week ago, but perhaps more impressive, 10 quarterback hits. The pressure is there, and I feel like all season long, Hayes, we've been lamenting that. Well, they're not getting home, but they're getting pressure. For a while here in the second half of the st stretch of the season and during the six-game win streak, Arden Key has led the National Football League in pressures. That is going to be critical for that the Jaguars continue to do so. In my conversations with Leon Searcy on XL Primetime yesterday, in speaking with some folks within the Jaguars organization, people who are around the Chiefs organization, this Chiefs offensive line is gettable. I talked to several people yesterday who believe that for as much as he got a big payday, is Orlando Brown actually a premier tackle in the National Football League? And then when you consider what's happening at the opposite tackle position here in Kansas City where they keep drafting guys and they're not prepared, and so you have a journeyman instead opposite Brown, it's going to be fascinating to see how Mike Caldwell is able to scheme up Josh Allen, Arden Key, those edge rushers, to counter that because the strength of this Chiefs offensive line is in the interior. Yeah, without a doubt. And, again, it's it's one of those things that I, I think the trenches is is obviously going to weigh heavily today. Uh, and I, I look at it from the Jaguars' side. Walker Little, who played fantastic against the Chargers. But this is new for him. Uh, when, when the Jaguars came here uh, November 13th to Arrowhead, you know, he was a reserve player. He only played five special team snaps in that game. He is not experienced – the environment that he will experience today. Now, he's playing great, but Walker Little is a huge key today for the Jaguars in terms of protection because Trevor Lawrence obviously is playing at such a high level. That second half, I can't wait to see how much of that can carry over to today. I think a lot of it can, uh, but Walker Little and, and obviously the entire line has to give him time. Brandon Sheriff's playing through something, an injury, uh, abdomen. Luke Fortner is now playing through a back. He's yet to miss an offensive snap. He's one of, I think, only about 20 offensive linemen in the NFL this season that has logged every single offensive snap. For a rookie, that just speaks volumes about his durability uh, and his toughness. But now he's dealing with the, the back injury. We know about Chris Jones. Uh, if Trevor has time, he's gonna, he is going to light Kansas City up. I have no doubt about that. But – He's got to be given the time, obviously. And I think for Walker Little, this is a, a different challenge. Uh, Walker has not faced anything like this at the NFL level yet. I'm going to tie a couple things together for this next key to the game. Again, brought to you by Instant Keys. Uh, see uh, good old buddy Eric Dillard, E. Dilla, on the Twitter machine, has posted what the latest radar 
looks like here in the Kansas City Love area. Love it. Is it this Super Doppler? Yes. Wi- okay. Winter is coming. You know Eric Dillard. He yeah. only does Super Doppler. Uh, winter is coming. The snow does look like it is over Topeka, which is only about an hour plus or so to our west. It looks like it is making its way into the Kansas City metropolitan area. And so I want to tie that back to what Frank Frangie brought up earlier in the program when he referred to the Jaguars having to maintain possession and rule the clock. That's been the case throughout the course of the season. Doug Peterson is able to orchestrate long drives for this Jaguars offense where they possess the clock. And that, against a team that wants to get into a track meet like the Kansas City Chiefs, is paramount. I then also tie in who Frank said his X factor is, Evan Ingram. I go back to that Colts game, week two. Not the debacle that happened in Indianapolis. I go back to week two against the Colts. Part of how they were able to maintain time of possession was because Trevor Lawrence took everything underneath. While I don't think everything underneath is going to be available because I do like this Chiefs linebacking core haze, I do like the thought of Evan Ingram going to that security valve, hitting Christian Kirk in the slot, trying to piece those guys together over the middle and crossing routes so that you disrupt a Chiefs secondary that is still young. I mean, they're starting a rookie corner on one outside. Legereus Sneed is a guy I know Zay Jones told me earlier this week he has concerns about. But at the same time, this Chiefs secondary is susceptible I do think, though, you don't go for the kill shot, per se. You try to keep things manageable, and then in turn, you milk the clock. Yeah, absolutely. And again, if you can make this a game where it is still in doubt as we hit the 50-minute mark, then you do wonder about the biggest intangible in this game, which is the Jaguars are sharp. They're a switchblade. They are a razor. They have been in these situations playing for their lives for six weeks now, and particularly in the, in the last two. And they have risen to the occasion. The belief that they will have on that sideline is going to be incredible. Kansas City doesn't have that. They haven't been fighting for their lives. They have been fighting for a number one seed, but that's not the same thing. And, yes, they have obviously great carryover from the, the championship year and, and you know even last year when they lost to Cincinnati here in Arrowhead. But every team is a little different, and this Chiefs team is going to have to show that when they're playing for their lives, they can play winning football. And that's what the Jaguars have to push Kansas City to that limit to make them answer that question today. One more key to the game for me, uh, in speaking with members of the Jaguars locker room throughout the course of this week, they believe, Hayes, that the worst run defense performance that they put on tape this season was against the Kansas City Chiefs Week 10. Isaiah Pacheo went for 16 carries, eight, or 82 yards off 16 carries, only a long of 13, and he did fumble it deep in Jaguars territory. But 82 yards, it doesn't sound like a ton, but for a Jaguars run defense that finished in the top 15 and takes a lot of pride in that, you already know that Patrick Mahomes is going to find a way to get loose and while you want to contain him you certainly cannot allow the rookie running back to get going because then that's a detriment as well because then all of a sudden you have to defend the run and then that opens up Mahomes who had uh, 39 yards on seven carries in that first meeting yeah great point on on all that another thing that that I think the Jaguars have to be mindful of you're not going to get any holding calls on the Chiefs today they had zero penalties in the first meeting. How does that happen? Yeah, I remember. How, how does that yep. happen? I remember in the moment I mean, we were looking around the press box like, has this ever happened before? It, I mean, it, it, it's preposterous. And uh, so, and, and I don't expect it to change much. Uh, so, look, the Jaguars have to go into this game knowing you're going to lose that hidden yardage battle. There is no way that the Chiefs get called for more penalties or more penalty yardage in this game 
than the Jaguars. You're going to have to deal with that. You're going to, you're, there's probably going to be a call you disagree with. You're going to have to move on. All that stuff is going to be critical because you cannot let it affect the next play. Each play in the playoffs is magnified, and the Jaguars just have to go in expecting that they're going to be disappointed when they look at the penalty stat at the end of this game. One more key to the game for me, that is the tight end position. We talk so much about Travis Kelsey, but Noah Gray had a touchdown against the Jaguars in that Week 10 meeting. We saw uh, Jody Fortson, Justin Watson, some of those lesser-known Passing, pass catching threats for the Chiefs get open in that game. Look, I mean, Doug Peterson learned from Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes is setting records for how well he is distributing the ball to Marquez Valdez Scantling, Juju Smith Schuster, and of course Travis Kelsey, among others. Um, but but you have to be careful because it, there are other pass catchers besides Travis Kelsey, not just at that wide receiver position. Where, like I said, I feel good because of Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams ascending but because they just do have more guys on the roster that you wouldn't realize. And then, of course, like you mentioned, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I have to ask, Hayes, Kadarius Toney, 177 receiving yards as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs, 57 came against the Jaguars. You know, with Toney, it's interesting because it almost feels like maybe he hasn't earned Mahomes' trust, uh, and, and that's why he hasn't been able to follow up on the performance he had against the Jaguars, where basically he had just arrived. Uh, now he was hurt, but you do wonder how much of a factor he will be today. But if you're the Jaguars, you have to account for him because he's so athletic that he, he is he's a dangerous player. And so uh, it's just it's another weapon that you have to worry about for the Jaguars. It, it, I guess it hasn't been overly surprising because of his – time with the Giants that the Kadarius Tony I, I, I just think Mahomes is like look until I have your trust and until I can trust you I'm not for I'm not going to force feed you the ball uh, he Mahomes has guys that he trusts but uh, Tony is is absolutely uh, a very dangerous player particularly as you said yards after the catch and uh, yeah I mean it's just it's it's one of those things that's what makes Kansas City so great it's they're like the Jaguars on a higher level. You know, with the Jaguars, you don't really know who, who's going to have the 100-yard game. Is it going to be Christian, Zay, Marvin, Evan? With Kansas City, you sort, I mean, you know Kelsey. But after that, there's three or four guys that you just don't know. Is that going to be the guy that Mahomes decides, this is my matchup, this is where I'm going to go to? And uh, it's tough. Uh, you know, one question that I have for you, Mia, is we obviously saw the surprise onside kick to start the game when you were here in Arrowhead. I, so you, you probably can't, I mean, maybe Doug Peterson, maybe that's the, I heard but, the special teams coordinator yeah. for the chiefs was like, we'll be ready we'll this be week. Ready. Yeah. I but, hope you're going to be ready. But what, if you're trying to steal a possession, how would you go about it uh, in this matchup? If you're Doug Peterson? Yeah. I mean, I guess the question is like, what's the other way that you steal a possession against the chiefs? Like I'm trying to think creatively. Logan's got a pretty good arm. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I, li I like that thought. I do like that thought. Um, we do know uh, Ross Matisik has been uh, the long snapper for your Jacksonville Jaguars. Been a little banged up with that back injury. Uh, I know he's an athlete. Yeah. Maybe something creative. Uh, for my Iowa friends, a little polecat action, perhaps. Oh, 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 oh. Casey. Woo! Um, I know we're fired up. I know we're about to hit a break, but uh, I do think if you have some sort of musical introduction ready, the long-awaited Hicken arrival. Is here. Dan Hicken uh, uh, has entered the okay, Fairfield Okay, Inn okay. So, uh, Dan, how do you come yeah. and grace us with your presence every morning? How do you do it? You know it! 
I happened to find a song by the Colony House titled, <laughs> You Know It! <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. We're going to break. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, it wasn't queued up. Let's try that one more time. There we go, let's try that again. Here's our You Know It song. <laughs> what do we think, Dan? I like it. Maybe E.T.'s going to have to incorporate it into I the like drill? I like it. Well, Dan, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. All right. We're going to say hi to Jesse Newell of KC Star. You okay. want to help us out with that? You can do that, and I'll, I'll, I'm here at your whim. Okay. And I then, got uh, time. And, th and then we'll circle back. We'll get your takes. We'll get your keys to the game Man, coming nice up. Nice place. 10-10 spare. No expense for you. They put you I right on, right next to the stadium here. This is great. <laughs> this is 1010XL, 92.5 <laughs> FM. The Wingstop Kickoff Show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL. This has been a longtime dream of mine, Mr. Hicken. You <laughs> know it! <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Dan Hicken it's has great arrived. To be here. Put Thanks. your hands together as Dan Hicken enters the Fairfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he enters the Wingstop kickoff show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater yeah. Irrigation. We're going to say hello to Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star in just a little bit. But, good. Dan, yes. vibes. You've been here since Thursday yeah, night. You've been vibes. You've been here since the inception of this team. So how yeah. does this playoff atmosphere compare? Well, playoffs are special. And, and I've – been blessed to see every one of them, every game. This is, what, 16th game we've had? So this is my 16th playoff game, and I never thought anything could top 96 because it was – we went to Denver. We were the biggest underdogs in the history of the NFL, and we pulled that upset and came back, and the place was crazy, and that was after beating Buffalo. I mean, it was insane. And what happened last Saturday and the last two Saturdays, even though Tennessee wasn't a playoff game, but it really was, has, has certainly the Chargers game rivaled, I thought, 96. Um, so, but it's a tall task today. And, but it has been I, – I love seeing I, – I said this a couple times. I told Chad Khan when he first bought the team 10 years ago, I said, man, this city is ready to explode for you. And it's taken him 10 years, but – this city has exploded for him, and I think that's awesome. I love watching, you know, on a personal note, and this is our, our home, I love watching, like, my sons and my daughter call me from Tampa. Happy belated to the boy King, oh, by the way. Thank you, thank you, yeah, and he's, thank you. And he, uh, you know, and, and go, him going to the games last week, and my other son mad because he had a ski trip booked with his girlfriend and he couldn't go. It's just been great. So that part has been, been awesome. I, I just, it's, it's great for, for Duval. It's what, great. What could Trevor Lawrence mean for the city? Oh, my God. You, what Peyton Manning meant to Indy, right? Yeah. Didn't Indy revive yeah. downtown when Peyton took over? Absolutely. I mean, that's to me what – I mean, Indianapolis downtown is unbelievable. So, I think that's what Trevor means. And I, I think that we've seen enough now that we all know how good the kid is. And, and I don't know that he'll ever have the stats of Mahomes, but, man, that kid's got winning DNA in him, man. Not many. I don't know how many – could come back from what he did last week, throw four picks and just come back and throw four touchdowns and look unbelievable. That's that's tough. I don't care what level you're at. And these NFL guys, not a lot of them could do it. But the guy we're playing today could. Yeah. Great segue, Dan. Great segue, Dan. And for more on that, let's uh, take our second trip behind enemy lines. 
Now let's go behind enemy lines. Behind enemy lines. Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors on 1010XL. We are now joined by the Farrah and Farrah phone line by Chiefs beat reporter Jesse Newell. He covers the Chiefs for the Kansas City Star here in KC. Jesse, thanks for joining the Wingstop kickoff show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's kind of build off of what Dan was just alluding to. Trevor Lawrence throws four interceptions in the first half of last week's game. He comes back and then throws four touchdown passes by game's end. It's obviously this matchup highlighted by the play of the two quarterbacks. Let's begin, though, with the perception of Trevor and the Jags here in Kansas City. What did you get the sense of both the team and the fan base thought of the Jaguars' performance last week? Well, yeah, the Jags aren't going to surprise the Chiefs. I think any time you come back from that 27-0 deficit, and obviously a lot of Chiefs fans were watching that game, uh, you know, thinking that it could be the Chargers they'd face, and the Chargers always seem to give the Chiefs a good game. So uh, for Trevor Lawrence to bounce back from that, you guys talked about it. Uh, some interceptions may be his fault. Some of them, I watched a great breakdown from J.T. O'Sullivan, the former uh, quarterback uh, in the NFL, and maybe some of them not his fault where receivers are letting him down. But just to have – the mindset to be able to bounce back from that. Even Patrick Mahomes mentioned that this week. He said that that's the thing that's most impressive is to, to go out there, be completely unfazed, and continue on with the game plan like nothing happened. And what makes these two teams dangerous, honestly, is that the pass game in the NFL is the ultimate trump card. You know, you can get up, you can get down. Whatever the game situation is, you can have turnovers. But if you have a really good pass game, you're always in it. And that's what we saw from the Jags last week. And honestly, that's what we've seen from the Chiefs here uh, quite a few years since Patrick Mahomes has taken over. Hey, Jesse, it's Ace Carline, and thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, what's, what's it like covering Patrick Mahomes? What, what's he like on a, a day-in and day-out basis? Yeah, you know, um, he's great. I, it, it's so weird because this city, I hear you guys' excitement for Trevor Lawrence. You have to understand this city, they didn't draft a quarterback in the first round for 30 years, okay? Jeez. And this is the guy, this is the guy they got once they did for the first time and trade up in the draft. And, I mean, it's everything to everybody here. You know, the guy is a part owner of the pro soccer team in town, the women's pro soccer team in town, the Royals across the parking lot. Uh, he's <laughs> completely immersed in the community. Uh, you know, he does all the commercials. Everybody has the hairstyle. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll go fly to Vegas, be in an Uber, and I'll ask where I'm from. I say Kansas, and they say, oh, Patrick Mahomes. You know, this, this guy is like – the rock star, superstar, international guy who just happened to be the first guy the Chiefs took in the first round of the NFL draft as a quarterback in 30 years after, you know, they went through their cycles of trading for Joe Montana, trading for, you know, a bunch of uh, Elvis Gerbach, a bunch of 49ers uh, backup quarterbacks, it seemed like, for a long time. Uh, Alex Smith was another one, a backup 49ers quarterback who they brought in. So they had limited success, some success with those guys, but this guy's really turned things around and uh, it's it's almost impossible for somebody to mean more to a city than what Mahomes meant here. So he's just he's Mr. Hollywood. Everybody follows him, his family, and obviously he loves being here with all the things he's involved with. But uh, the fan base loves him just just as much. So it is pretty pretty crazy to to cover him and see him, especially after growing up around these parts and knowing that they have not had this type of franchise quarterback, not in my lifetime at least, uh, coming up the ranks. It's always fun to watch. Uh, team have this kind of success because the fan base then gets 
this Super Bowl or bust mentality. And, I mean, you know, in Jacksonville, we we're, at, we're on the ride of our lives. It, for you guys, for Kansas City and for Chiefs fans, it's just starting, and a loss today would be unthinkable and devastating, right? I mean, it's, it's really, for, for Chiefs fans, the expectation is, is at the very least to get to the Super Bowl, I would suspect. Yeah, that, it really has raised the expectations. I try to remind yeah. people of that a lot because yeah, you can't, you, know, you can't. Weeks, it won't work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of say, what what were you guys saying about Patriot fans ten years ago? Just, uh-huh. just remember that when you have your conversations. Then, like a couple weeks ago, the biggest controversy around here was uh, Tommy Townsend, the holder, was not turning the laces <laughs> out towards the uprights. And I'm like, guys, go Gators! This is the biggest. If this is the biggest problem on Sports Talk Radio, <laughs> things are going okay in Kansas City. Yeah. But, no, you're right. I mean, the, the expectations have been raised here, and I, I think that's what you'll see. You know, Arrowhead can get loud. It'll get crazy. Obviously, I thought Trevor's comments this week kind of got taken out of context. He was very complimentary of the Chiefs, but there's going to be that one line that Chiefs fans, I'm sure, are going to circle about <laughs> it being the same volume. So they're going to be loud, but I, I do think one thing you want to watch is this is a game the Chiefs are supposed to win. So if the Jags do get up, have some good things happen, all of a sudden that one-and-done mentality really hits you in the face. And I've been around crowds at Arrowhead where you get that nervous energy like, hey, the season wasn't supposed to go like this. Hey, it's not supposed to be 10 nothing, that sort of thing. So uh, that is the one advantage, I think, to playing this game at Arrowhead is if the Jags do deliver one of those early blows, it could get to be sort of a scared crowd, and it's hard for the players to not sense that sort of energy couple more for Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star. You can find him on Twitter at Jesse Newell. That's N-E-W-E-L-L. Jesse, uh, one matchup that a lot of folks have really zeroed in on when it comes to giving the Jaguars a chance in this one has been the play of the Chiefs secondary. Walk us through who is there at the safety at the corner position and why that may be a weakness potentially for Kansas City. Yeah, so I, I would say they – early in the season, decided that they were going to go with young players. You think back to last year, they had guys like uh, Daniel Sorensen and Tyron Matthew back there who knew what they were doing, knew what they were supposed to do, but were maybe a step slow to the spot or not, you know, there were too many busts in coverage. This year, they drafted uh, Joshua Williams in the fourth round, Jalen Watts in the seventh round, Trent McDuffie in the first round, and then Brian Cook, who's a dime safety for them in the second round. And they brought all those players up and, and kept them up here. They actually traded away some of their veterans uh, early in the season because they had so much faith in these rookies. So inexperienced, how will they you know, perform on this stage, this level? That will be a question mark. I will say the one thing different that has kind of gotten better as the season's gone on is Trent McDuffie suffered an early injury. He's really stabilized the secondary. He's been pretty good in there for the Chiefs as a slot corner. Uh, so maybe outside the numbers, we saw Christian Kirk had a, a nice game against the Chiefs the previous round. If you get out there, Jalen Watson, uh, you know, he's, he's the question mark, I would say, from the Chiefs secondary. So He's really tried, tried to be physical. They play a lot of man coverage, and he's got his share of penalties. Joshua Williams has been the same way. So they sometimes put those guys on an island and have been very physical. You saw, like the Houston game, there were a lot of uh, illegal contact penalties, holding penalties, that sort of thing. So uh, if the Jackson maybe challenge them outside the numbers, there might be something there. But like I said, the Chiefs are better right now than they were earlier in the season, so that's something to keep in mind as well. Jesse, has Chris Jones been blocked this season? <laughs> You know, it's crazy. Um, it's tough. And the thing you want to watch with him, it's amazing how many drive-ending sacks he gets. Like, whenever it's third down or fourth down, it's amazing how many times, like, the, the right guard or the left guard is just standing still and he goes right around them. Now, the big question for him is, this is, this is kind of a crazy eye-opening stat, too. 
He's played 12 playoff games with the Chiefs. He has zero postseason stats. So we talked wow. to him this week about that, and, uh, you know, he I actually kind of quipped. Yeah, he, he, he had a <laughs> nice quip about it to say, uh, you know, it's not a big deal to me, but I'm going to get one this week just to shut you all up. So uh, <laughs> there you go. He's going he's gonna to get one to uh, shut up the media members and all those people talking about this. But it is kind of crazy because uh, Frank Clark's kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. He hasn't always been the most productive as a chief, but he's fifth all-time in NFL history in postseason stacks. So watch for him today. He uh, went out of the last game with a groin injury, but should be fine. But Chris Jones has been the opposite, man. He's been – he should be in the NFL Defensive Player of the Year discussion, you know, probably a top-five defensive player in the league, yet postseason is really where he has not been his best. So we'll see if he gets that sack today, but he has been unstoppable at times, and watch him on third and fourth down because that's really where he's been at his best. All right, Jesse, we can't let you go without asking you for a score prediction. How do you see this one at Arrowhead today playing out? Yeah, I just tweeted out the prediction I did earlier this week, but um, I, I kind of, uh, I've got 31-27 Chiefs. I, I do like the Jags to cover this one to keep it close. Like I said, I like the way their pass game is moving here. I think that they will have some success against the Chiefs defense. In the end, I think that Mahomes will make enough plays to get the victory uh, and to be able to skip this one. But like I said, I, I've been to enough of these and been around enough of these and, and these parts to know that if that nervous energy seeps in, uh, that's something Jacksonville can very much take advantage of. So if that happens early, I definitely could see the Jags been as close. And uh, 31-27 would be a great game if it comes down to that. And you can find Jesse's full predictions at KansasCity.com. He is Jesse Newell, Chiefs beat reporter for the Kansas City Star. Thanks so much for joining us on the Fair and Fair phone line, Jesse. We'll see you in the press box. All right. Thanks, guys. There he goes. Jesse Newell previously covered Kansas basketball and football and now, of course, covering the Chiefs for the Kansas City Star. Let us hit a break, yes. and we'll circle back. One more segment. Can we keep you yes. for one more segment with one, with one Daniel I was going to go over Please. to Lawrence today because Kansas is playing hoops at like one oh, wow. against TCU. You can TCU. hit them both, a little double dip. I'll go catch a first oh, half over there. Rupp, never been there. So hey, listen. Not Rupp, I mean uh, 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 Fog Allen Fieldhouse. It's but, funny yeah. you say that, Dan, because here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh -huh. keep with that theme yeah. because – we're going to keep you next segment. We'll yeah. do we may hit the injury report. We'll we'll do a little bit of that. Okay. But our player interview for today's uh -huh. Wingstop kickoff show is with Foye Aluakin. Did uh -huh. you know he is a savant when it comes to college basketball knowledge? Did not know that. Yes. I went to the College Basketball Hall of Fame, which is right across mm -hmm. the street from where we were last night. Yeah, so, no, and I actually I said this to somebody I schooled Marcel in hoops. Are the, are the, yeah, I took them apart. Are the 04s in there anywhere? Any I didn't see any, but oh, they, they, have, they, have the, uh, they have the logos of every team that's won a natty, and it was nice seeing the, yeah. those two logos back-to-back. -back. I'd never actually walked past it in mm -hmm. my four previous trips here, like from that angle, and when you, like, past Johnny's Tavern where the mm -hmm. Bold City Brigade party was, Dan, and it's weird. There's one angle where it actually looks like the College Football Hall of Fame yeah. in Atlanta, which I was like, wow, like I never put two and two together because during my time in Iowa, I just referred to uh, the then Sprint Center, now the T-Mobile Center, as the Tin Cup um, because it, it does look like a, a Tin Cup. But uh, yeah. that is where the college – College Basketball Hall of Fame is. Yeah. And so um, we'll, we'll catch up with Foye Lewican coming up right, cool. in the 1 o'clock hour, and you guys will uh, hear his college basketball breakdown for this wow. week in the college basketball landscape, as well as his thoughts on today's Jaguars-Chiefs AFC Divisional showdown that you, of course, can hear right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Getting game day underway. The Wingstop Kickoff Show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation. And Kohler Homes Windows and Doors. On 1010XL. Duval, Duval, Duval. If you're from a city, holla, Duval. Hour 
number three of the Wingstop Kickoff Show, brought to you by Polar Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. Boy, does that feel fun to say. We're with you for two and a half hours on this fine Saturday. Mio O'Brien, Hayes Carlion, and one Daniel Hicken yes. joining you live we got from the Kansas media City. Mobile. Good to be here. We have all your bases covered, of course, right here on 1010 AM 92.5 FM throughout the course of today's game. You and know, also I on came our... here in 2018, Mia, yeah. and the Jags were headed to the Super Bowl. It was yes. early in the season. We were, I think the Jags were 3-1. They, they had were. just beaten New England. We came here. The weather was bad. They wouldn't let the guys on the field pregame uh, because the weather was so bad. They were warming up in the hallways of Arrowhead, and and uh, we promptly went out there, and Blake became Blake again, and Chris Jones had a pick six. Oh, yeah. And Blake threw one off a helmet. Off and, of AJ Can. Yes, and it was not a good day. And then we went to Dallas the next week, got hammered, and that was it. It was over. That was it. Yeah. It was over. Yeah, Dallas was my first ever road trip covering was the Jaguars. It? So, yeah, it was quite the experience. Uh, thankfully, the last time that the Jaguars were in Kansas City was just a few weeks ago, yes. two months ago. And uh, while it wasn't pretty because yeah. they went down 21 nothing basically from the jump, uh, at the same time clawed their way back. And now we've seen over the last few weeks, boys, uh, that's a trademark of this yes. Jaguars group. And maybe those losses early helped them achieve that. I don't know. But they have figured that out. And they, for such a young team, it's got to be Peterson. They don't panic. They don't lose sight. And if you watch the sights and the sounds of the game, they pre, you know, practice what they preach. I mean, it's, it's – and I think when you have a quarterback like they have who they really believe in, you know, it makes a difference. It, we know he can bring us back. And that's what, he, what he's done over and over again. So hopefully though, but today is, is 60 minutes. It doesn't matter if you get up, you get down, quite frankly, because Mahomes can be down 27 nothing, and that game ain't over either. So you're going to have to play 60 minutes of football today. In your expertise, does it help that the Jaguars have been playing for their lives for six weeks now? Does that give them any kind of edge over a team so. that hasn't really been? Right? Don't you think? They yeah, think so. Absolutely. So if they think so, I guess it could help them a little bit. You know, it, it's – there's so many storylines, and it's so it's so interesting uh, watching. And, and, and the Reed, you know, Andy Reed. Right after the uh, Chiefs game, um, Mrs. Coughlin passed away, yep. and Andy Reed came to the funeral, and so did Spagnolo. They both came, and and obviously Andy Reed's great friends with Doug, and so I mean that 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 alone is just wild to me how that all shakes out because that was like a monday morning if i'm not mistaken yeah because it was supposed to be thursday but yes. then with the storm the weather yeah they moved it to the monday yeah so it it, it is a uh, man uh, but man if jacksonville can somehow find a, this would be this is this is a monumental task though it really is this is like the 17 afc championship game in a way i mean it's like you're playing the patriots when they were and the chiefs have sort of adopted the patriot formula of Win the division, get a top seed. Now it's changed a little because used to be one and two get, but they get the bye. So now they got this game against an AFC South champion that they're ten point favorites, and then all of a sudden you look up and they're playing for a trip to the Super Bowl. Well, that's what the, that's what the Patriots did yeah. so many years. Well, if we're leading going into the fourth quarter, yeah. And they start playing "Living on a Prayer." Oh, I'm ripping the speaker wire do. out of the wall. That was brutal. I said, <laughs> I'll never forget that. And I. I I love the song and I hate it now. I know. I can't, I can't 
I, I cringe every time I hear my it. fellow. The best part is that that's my fellow New Jersey brother in yeah. uh, Sayerville, Route Nine forever, right. uh, old Bon Jovi. Yeah, and yet for whatever the reason, he's been adopted by Robert Kraft. I don't. Yeah. Under, I don't understand yeah. how or sense. why. Like you're from Jersey, kid. Yeah. Well, yeah. Bon Jovi's a front runner, so I would not be surprised <laughs> if he's here in Arrowhead today, I mean, sitting right next to. Maybe uh, we could go with some Springsteen <laughs> and a little Born to Run when ETN hey, goes 80. Hopefully, I, don't know. I would say hopefully Frangie's <laughs> listening right now. We're going to see him in a few weeks. Um, Dan, I don't want to keep drawing parallels to '96. But, like, we can't help but do so. I mean, Leon does it, like, every day on primetime because you do get that vibe. And he yeah. was part of that. So yeah. the fact that he is saying it and yeah. having been a part of it, that he gets 96 vibes, like, I feel okay saying it because I was four years old then. So I <laughs> didn't – like, I don't want to be, like, trying to revise history here. Yeah. Um, but, but, but do you feel that way? Like, do you see – is it the fact that – Th- that they're, they're never out of it? Or is it the fact that they're just this young, scrappy group? Don't know any better. Yeah. I think it's more of a don't know any better. And I think – uh, I was talking to Lagerman about that a little bit, and he had interesting point. When they were four and seven in '96, there was no pressure, and they go out and they're they're loose and carefree, and they win a game, and then they win another game, and they win, another, and they don't care. And all of a sudden, they look up and hey, if we beat the Falcons, we're in the playoffs. Guess what that was? Pressure. Guess what happened? We got we got God smiled on the Jags. So then there's no pressure again, right? And they go to Buffalo. Nobody's expect they're not going to beat Buffalo. No pressure. Denver. No pressure. Then it's the Patriots. With a trip to the Super Bowl on the line, pressure's back. So it's it, 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 there's so many parallels. So really, right now, there's no pressure on this football team going into this game today. Everybody expects the Chiefs to win. This is probably the least talked about game of the four uh, this weekend. Tomorrow, you got the Titans going, and not Tennessee, but the Titans of the league. Yeah, the Titans, what time do they play? The yeah, Tennessee Titans tomorrow. I saw a guy. Did you see the guy last night with the Titans jacket? Yeah, I know. Was I was that like, deal? where did you come from with the yeah. Titans blazer? A guy last night in the thing with the Titans blazer on. I'm like, it's ridiculous. And then, Jack, and then the little Chiefs, there's about eight little kids who were yes. Chiefs fans, and they rolled in, and they tried. but they <laughs> It was actually hilarious. Their dad had to be like, boys, stop. Like, this is actually a party. And then they were like, let's go, Chiefs. They were like no older than nine years old. Jumping in front of the camera, yelling, ah. <laughs> That's it was incredible. Fun. It was fun. You mentioned the uh, the other games. Uh, if the Jaguars win today, yeah, where do you think they go? And and what's your break? I like Cincinnati, man. Yeah, I do too. I do. I like Cincinnati. I, Cincinnati. Burrow's got that moxie. The Bills. It's. I'm still amazed. The Bills have won. How many in a row have they won? Like ten in a yeah. row or something. Mm-hmm. And I, every time I watch them, they're not playing that well. And Josh Allen's turning it over. So I'm just thinking at some point they're going to get bit. But I tell you what, I love the fact that. It's Buffalo, it's Kansas City, it's Cincinnati, it's Jacksonville. Four great quarterbacks and four small market teams. I love that. Yeah. I love that about the, uh, about the NFL where, you know, you can have that because of the cap. You can have these teams. You get the right guy, quarterback, and the right coach. You can do anything. But I like Cincinnati. I said this earlier this week, and this is odd for me, but I'm, I'm kind of pulling for Dallas. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't like the Cowboys, but yeah. I've never been a big shanty. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, and they're but they're so good. They, that's the thing is like everyone wants to doubt Brock Purdy, yeah. but it's like you look at everyone else around Brock Purdy, yeah. and I mean, no, but with all no due rookie quarterback has ever been to the Super Bowl. That is true. What do you think? That is true. That's a little saucy nug right there. Yeah. Shout out to Joe C. <laughs> um, Dan, Dan, for you, at what moment during this run? And then I know we got to let you go so yeah. you can get over to the stadium. At what moment in this run did you look around and be like, okay, I've seen this before. Like this is a different group than than the 2018 or even 2017. Yeah, and it is a different group than the And you guys are in the locker room a lot, so you know. And the, the 17 group were. You know, it was a great run, and, and it was they were so good on defense. 
But, you know, one of the greatest guys in the world. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, they just weren't. This is a good group of young guys that everybody seems to enjoy each other. They really like each other. I get that feeling that they, they really like to, to be a part of it. But I would say probably, I don't know. Look, they, they beat the Raiders. They were down 17. But that, so what? They finally snapped a losing streak, right? And then they, they came back. Probably the Cowboys game, though, you're like, holy cow. 27 to 10, second I mean, you know, maybe, maybe something that you start to get, like your, your, your eyebrows raised up. And, uh, uh, boy, what do they have, five comebacks of nine points or more this year? I mean, it's, yeah. that's an incredible, incredible number for this football team. And, and they've done great as underdogs. Doug Peterson's done great as an underdog. He's 5-2 and two in the postseason. So the only thing that gnaws at me is that Andy Reid after the bye week stat. <laughs> that's kinda, being played everywhere. Yeah, it kind of gnaws at me a little Literally bit. Literally everywhere. I mean, and, hey, he's you know, due. Yeah, he is due. But he – and he loves Peterson so much, I wonder if, you know, if he just – it's got to be tough, like, because you can't let up, man, in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, I was watching the NFL Network. Did you guys see this the other day? They just did divisional playoff games for 30 minutes, and it was just sound up. of Unbelievable amount of games. I mean, just turn your head, starting with, you know, Franco and, and the Immaculate Reception was a divisional playoff game. But you go through Minnesota, New Orleans, Tuck Rule game. I mean, it's, there was about 30 of them. The Giants beating Green Bay. I mean, it was, it was just some incredible stuff that they've had. So hopefully we get more of that today. I'll ask you this, uh, and then we'll let you go. Yeah. I ask Frank. Well, I'll get, ask you to give us a sport, score prediction if okay. you're if you're journalistically ah, sure. allowed to give that. But oh. also, <laughs> I ask Frank each week because I don't want to put him in a compromised yeah. position as the play-by-play voice. Uh-huh. Um, X Factor. Who do you want to see get the ball today? Oh. Or I, not. Or not get the ball. Well, I you know my X Factor every time I'm asked that I always go with my man Zay Jones because I call him out before his 11 catch, 145, three touchdown game. So. Maybe Zay Jones could step up and have another big game today. That would that would be good. Evan Ingram did not have a great game here against Kansas City. I would expect a little more out of out of him today. But I do believe that the Chiefs know the Chiefs. It seems to be in listening to their interviews, and you guys could tell me if you think differently that they want to stop Etn. And I thought he ran hard last week. Mm-hmm. You know, he pushed that pile a little Especially bit. Especially in the second half. Yeah, so, he turned it up a notch. So I think that you know, I think if if he can have a big day because. The Jags had that one drive against Kansas City. It was like that 17-play drive, 90 yards, you know, and if they could do that a couple times, have a couple of those long drives, keeps the ball out of Mahomes' hand too. But it's, it's, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. All right, yeah. Dan. Thanks for having me. Jags win uh, 38-37. Ooh, another one-point finish. Yeah. Rock We'd and love roll. to see it. <laughs> we love to see it. Thank you, Dan. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We will see you at the stadium. You know it! Yes! Yeah. I'm hungry. There it is. There it is. We're going to go, Dan, go get some food. But um, we want to hit a couple other things before we take our final break, and then we'll say goodbye coming up in just a little bit. But first, Farrah and Farrah injury update. The personal injury attorneys of Farrah and Farrah present this injury update. Farrah and Farrah. Jacksonville. Protecting you and your family since 1979. Six players officially listed as questionable for your Jacksonville Jaguars. That, of course, includes quarterback Trevor Lawrence with that toe injury. Yeah. I think we've heard about that a time or two. I, I do think Adam Schefter, uh, Trevor, will be good to go. Um, I, I'm feeling okay about that one. Keep that on the injury report in perpetuity. And don't let him practice in full the first week, uh, first day of the week. Um, the concerning one, which Frank Frangie told us, in case you're just joining us a little bit earlier in the program, Luke Fortner limited this week with a back injury. He is expected to play 
as of this writing here today in Kansas City. Brandon Scherf still fighting that nagging abdominal injury. Ross Matisic with the back. Jamal Agnew, a shoulder. And then Kendrick Pryor, the six-wide receiver um, with a shoulder injury. All those guys listed as questionable. But, Hayes, I think it's pretty fair to say we're expecting all of them to be available. Yes, Fortner is the one that is concerning to me because of, A, the assignment of having to go against Chris Jones for, uh, obviously, a lot of these snaps. And, uh, and he's been just so durable. He's yet to miss a snap. He's one of, I think, only about 20 offensive linemen in the NFL that has logged every single offensive snap. He's the only one for the Jaguars that has done it. It's a remarkable achievement for a rookie. And so hopefully he is able to go because you start to, you know, they're, they're, they've been down Ben Barch a long time. They've been without Cam Robinson now for several weeks. They're really on the precipice of you can't have another one of these. You know, they, they had seven good guys and they've lost two. So now you're down to you've got five good ones left. I don't know if you have much beyond that. So if Fortner or Sheriff had to come out today, that's very concerning to me. And speaking of the Jaguars offensive line, Koi Kronk has been elevated, the only practice squad designation. Uh, someone on Twitter pointed out to me he has been elevated in each of the Jaguars' six previous wins during this streak. Keep it going. Go Hawks. Do um, not mess with the streak. The Duval Donkey streak or the Koi Kronk streak. Um, meanwhile, for the Kansas City Chiefs, wide receiver Mikol Hardeman already ruled out of this game with a pelvis injury. The only other notable for the Chiefs, Frank Clark, was limited in practice on Tuesday and Wednesday. He was a full go on Thursday. He is expected with no injury designation to be a full go this afternoon. Now, I alluded to it. In the previous hour, Hayes Carline, let's head into the locker room. We're going to hear from Foye Aluakin. Uh, make sure, Casey, Casey Dobson, make sure we're queued up because uh, Foye, Foye is a man of many talents. He's a renaissance man, Yale man, yeah. Ivy League grad. Uh, so we dive into college basketball, but, of course, we also dive into today's Jaguars-Chiefs matchup. Pleased to be joined by Jaguars linebacker Foye Aluakin. Uh, Foye, we're going to talk some ball, both of the football and basketball variety, because I know uh, you obviously are locked in yeah. on basketball as well. It's kind of one of your hobbies. But let's talk about this team first and foremost, to be in the second round of the playoffs. What does that mean to you personally? It's just crazy because, you know, I spent four years uh, at first in this league, and um, unfortunately we didn't have the chance to go to the playoffs, even though you worked so hard throughout the year. And it's to see like us put together this late in the year when a lot of people counted us out in order to make this run, which really started for us like week, we could say 12 or something like that. Uh, and everybody come together as a team, you know, guys playing really good like Roy, Casey. Um, it's just cool to see. So um, all, that, all that hard work coming into fruition and trying to make this run as, as long as possible. Which week 12 would have been two weeks after you guys faced the same Kansas City Chiefs team. How have yeah, you seen this? Yeah, Detroit. I was right. That's when we lost Detroit. It's our season. Week 12? So, is that, so would, would, would you look at it as that Chiefs game and then the bye week was the turning point, or was it that Detroit Lions loss? The, I think everybody kind of had their mindset on going into that bye week, coming back with the – I told her in our little huddle, like, we're going to go in the bye week, refresh, come back with a vengeance. Came back, beat the Ravens, then we lost to Detroit. And uh, that way we learned how to come with the right energy, how to practice with the right energy, what we needed to bring into games in order to win, and then playing all the way through the games, you know, regardless of what the score is, you know, we can always have a chance of being able to win it at the end of the game. So we learned a lot early in the year, uh, midway through the year. We used the bye week to re resurge, and then that Detroit game really set our minds right. What do you remember from that Chiefs meeting? They, they won. 
That's it. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, Pacheo, the running back, was able to go for 85 yards. I know in talking to Josh and some of the other D linemen, that's something that, you know, they obviously take pride in the run defense and they weren't able to stop him that day. What allowed for him and Patrick to really escape the pocket and pick up yards on the ground, and how do you avoid that this weekend? I don't think we played to our best potential. I don't think we executed our game plan well. I think, you know, their run game does go do well if you're too worried about what they do in the pad just because it looks so – what's that? Uh, just looks so good on paper what they do in the past and stuff. You really got to pay attention to all aspects of their game. You know, they have good backs. They got good blocking scheme. They got, um, obviously, a good quarterback when they do the RPOs and stuff. So um, we got to focus on everything. How do you stop Travis Kelsey? By executing your game plan. Yeah, I mean, he's a good player. Going to play all the way through the down. But you got to play all the way through the down, too, with a rush. Got to get to the quarterback, make the throws hard, and then the defense the defensive uh, backfield being on point with the cover coverages. If memory serves me correctly, that Week 10 meeting with the Chiefs, Chad really wasn't as fully integrated into the defense as he is now. What has he kind of brought in having him and Devin out there? How can that help you guys counter Kelsey? What has Chad brought mm-hmm. to the defense? Yeah, like playing more snaps on the defensive side in addition to special teams, of course. I think Chad just brings his own energy, brings his own intelligence to the uh, to the team. Um, when he comes in for Devin, nobody really skips a beat. Everybody just communicating out there, and then they're always talking about what they see when they come to the sideline. Just brings an extra brain, extra idea full of thoughts uh, to the sideline. Playoff push. First time in your career you've been in the NFL playoffs. How do you keep your mind right? Do you look to college basketball? Do you try to find distractions? Or are you guys in the building 24 hours a day? I'd really be in the building. I'd be Even when I'm watching basketball, it's just kind of like – I used to watch cartoons, but now that basketball's on, I can watch basketball. Um, I still have my film on while I'm watching that, while I'm watching, um, let's say, an SEC game or ACC game or something like that. Just something that's on in the background, and when the game gets close or when I feel like something interesting, I'll be watching that. But uh, Kentucky played last night. Got to watch Kentucky. And they won there. Seems like they found an equation for themselves to start at least being in games. Uh, having a fighting chance in games, but I'm loving what I'm seeing. A little tight there. I think uh, Trayvon and Tyson would have had something to say to you. Oh, they if- was ready. They was ready. Um, our, our team meeting, they turned around and asked the Georgia one, but they didn't. So, yeah. But as far as the mental part of it goes, I know having that escape is so huge, but how do you harness all the energy in this city right now, all the energy in this locker room to get ready for Saturday? I mean, it's cool. It just keeps us going because it's week like 20 or 21. So it's the most football I've ever played in my life. Uh, this energy is what we need in order to, you know, bring the right energy to the game. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, uh, since we talk about my AP Top 25 each week, who else should basketball fans be looking out for? I mean, Houston don't got a good strength and schedule, but they got good athletes. They got, uh, I think they're number one right now. Alabama looks really good. I think Tennessee, not as good as people think. Uh, this is all SEC stuff. Um, I'm waiting for one of the ACC teams to to take control. I mean, Duke don't look amazing to me. North Carolina is not good yet, but they have talent. Um, Big Ten looks pretty decent. I saw Ohio State play the other day, but they look so-so. How many games would you say you watch a week? A week? Maybe two. I mean, just when I get home, it's like six, seven. I might watch one slash take a nap to one, and I wake up, and another one's on. So probably two games a night. And then if one gets boring, I'll switch to another one. Just that set or seven to ten time slot. But then eventually I'll just fully focus on my film. Nobody knows ball like you of all the, <laughs> all the various sports, boy. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it.
like we said, a Renaissance man. He's a Yale graduate. Foye Aluakin, he can truly do it all. Will he be able to do it all on defense for your Jacksonville Jaguars today? Our picks, our final thoughts on this AFC Divisional Round matchup are coming up next right here on the Wingstop Kickoff Show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. Starting your game day, the Wingstop Kickoff Show presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL. Thank you again, Riverside Presbyterian Choir. God in our squad, God on our side. Uh, the Jags, a team of destiny, perhaps. We're a little over three hours away from the Jaguars and Chiefs in the AFC Divisional Round of the Playoffs. Home stretch of the Wingstop Kickoff Show. Before we go any further and before we say goodbye, let's head on back to 1010XL World Headquarters in Jacksonville. Producer Casey Dobson, how are we feeling about today's matchup? Pretty good, pretty good. Jesse came on earlier. He gave a score prediction for his Chiefs, 31-27. Unfortunately, I wrote that score down before he gave his prediction. Same, but the Jags with the dub. Let's keep going. All right. Hayes Carlion, what say you as far as today's Jags-Chiefs matchup? Final thoughts and a score, sir. Yeah, I think the Jaguars are going to play well. I just don't see them winning an arrowhead uh, against Patrick Mahomes at this point in their in their growth process. But they have surprised us uh, many steps along the way on this wonderful journey. Hopefully they can do it again. But I like the Chiefs today, 38-34, unfortunately. All right. Well, we know I uh, am still subject to the jinx. Uh, and MJD, as much as he did predict the Jaguars comeback on NFL Network last week, he did pick the Chiefs this week, so I am as well. Um, but when I say 28-24 Chiefs, it's with a wink-wink because uh, I do think there's an outside chance that the team that scores each of those points could be flipped here on a fine Saturday in Kansas City. Our thanks to our whole lineup of guests that joined us on a two-and-a-half-hour edition of the Wingstop Kickoff Show, brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. Our thanks to Frank Frangie, the voice of your Jaguars, who you can catch on the call in just a little over three hours right here on the Superstation. Our guys, Matt and Chad from Brackish and Growler's Bar and Grill. Ryan O'Halloran of the Buffalo Times. Our good friend, Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star. Foye Aluakin, and, of course, the one, the only, Daniel Hicken for stopping by. Great job. With the Wingstop kickoff show. A lot of fun. Appreciate it. If you need basketball knowledge, look no That's further. Right. But hopefully we're not talking basketball. Hopefully we're right back here, same time, same place, in Buffalo, as one Andrew Baselli predicted right here on the Wingstop kickoff show earlier in the program. That'll do it. Our thanks also to the Fairfield in downtown Union Hill, Kansas City, for hosting us. We're headed to Arrowhead Stadium where the Jaguars face the Chiefs right here on 1010 AM and 92.5 FM in just a little bit. Until then, the Public Tailgate Show continues as Jaguars Chiefs coverage rolls on right here on the home of the Jaguars, 1010 XL. Until next week, we'll catch you later. Putting the ball